when you take creatine, it reduces the amount of sleep needed. I really I read this on on uh, one of the articles, and so I think what ends up happening here is it definitely does have a role in how it communicates at the cell level. It's really trying to create more cellular energy is kind of the marketing term. The way it's doing it is cell volumizing, right? Mm-hmm. But there is a side effect of doing that synthetically, correct? Yes. And one of the side effects you experienced was muscle cramp. The other side effect we hear about is upset stomach, bloating. And then the other thing is dehydration, which goes hand in hand with the muscle cramping. So again, those sound like they're little baby side effects. Yeah, nothing. But if they're, if they're upsetting my gut, then everything's in the gut. So now we're looking at, you know, dopamine, serotonin, neurotransmitters, melatonin, you know, all the stuff that comes with the gut. Oh, it's just a little side effect. Well, what's going to happen a year from an hour, two years from an hour, you know, whatever. You don't know. So, again, some of these young athletes, they don't really, they're not thinking that way. But if I'm coaching, let's just say, uh, professional athletes or college athletes or even high school athletes, I'm like, listen, number one, how do we create better performance? Are you, what's your sleep look like? What's your omega-3 fats look like? You know, what's your, how are you eating? That's the big stuff. All right, guys, welcome back to a Rest, Eat, Move podcast. Um, we've been gone. It's summertime in Michigan, trying to enjoy the, the dog days of summer. It's going quick. But we're back for another uh, Rest, Eat, Move podcast episode. And this one uh, has actually some meaning behind it. And it's also going to have multiple different layers inside of it. And it came from a question that I had from a parent about, should I give my kid creatine powder? And so we're going to talk about creatine powder. We're going to also make the connection between that and some other quick fix, easy options that are, are, are trending and really try to come back to this equation of how do we get the best long-term results with uh, out taking some of these shortcuts. So today, as we talk about creatine, Dad, welcome back from your hiatus. How was your vacation? It was awesome. I'm at my... My place of my best favorite place, which is Douglas Lake in northern Michigan. So there's the, my favorite place on the planet to be. So did you take your creatine powder up there? I, I did not. I really <laughs> you, focused on my forget. sleep, and I focused on you know my 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 recovery, and obviously got some workout in, a little golf, water skied, did a little fishing, um, hiking. So all of the above. So you've been you've been in this space for a long time. You've actually uh, you were telling me before you started you you've taken creatine before. Um, it was a short period of time just to kind of see what it would do. But give the listeners a little backstory of of your experience around creatine. Well, I'll go back in time. My first bodybuilding contest was in 1985, and you know I was told to take all the branch chain aminos, and I really didn't know what I was doing. And, um, but I got in great shape and I ballooned up to 232 pounds. I bulked up and then I cut down and I competed at 171. So I lost over 60 pounds and, and I looked great on stage, but it was miserable. You know, I did carb loading, you know, carb depleting. I did all that stuff. And again, part of the, you know, and, and in my area, there was a lot of drugs going on, but I decided I did not want to ever try that path. Cause that's just not, wasn't, I was, wasn't your DNA. It wasn't my DNA. I just said, hey, I'm not going to do that. 
but you know and we didn't know much about creatine at that point in time this is in 85 but as time went on and um you know you and Kristen were born and I took a, a a time off from bodybuilding but I came back strong in the in the late 90s uh, I think it was 96 and 97 when I came back into the arena and everybody's doing creatine so I thought you know what is this thing and I knew a lot more about nutrition and training and things like that and and so I thought, you know, I'm just going to just see what this is like. So I did it for about two or three days. But I still remember I'm home and we're watching a movie some one night. And um, I had the most severe um, cramping, not only in my legs, but also in my stomach area. And like my stomach was spasming on top of my on top of my legs. And I'm like, this is insane. Why am I doing this? And that wasn't my mantra anyway. I wanted to compete doing the stuff that really I thought was the way to go from a health standpoint, which is getting enough sleep and training. So that was my only experience with it. But then, you know, everybody, I'm getting emails today. You're getting emails or Sean's getting them that, hey, what do you think about creatine? And I'm 64 years old or 65 or I'm 14 years old. And my kids want to take it. And that's kind of what we're talking about today. Yeah, I think we've always... Um, I mean, it, it's been around me since probably middle school where these kids and football players would take it. And the, the rumor was you take it and it bulks up your muscles and there's some science to what it's doing and what it could do and, um, cell volumizing and make you look bigger and stronger and more endurance. Uh, the new rage is that it protects your brain and, and is something you should never miss. And so today we're, we're going to talk about something that really comes down to, to a principle that we've talked about many times is easy becomes hard. And hard is what you want to do if you want it to become easy. And the meaning is, is like, if it's too good to be true, if it's too simple, if it's too easy, if you just have to drop it in water and it solves all these problems, it's probably not the best thing to do. But the challenge is you look through the research and literature and this, all the things on the internet is it's got no side effects. It's most studied supplement. We produce it naturally so it's safe for us. And because of that, we should just consume this, this supplement. But when we break it down, creatine monohydrate, at the, the base level of what we teach is it's not the source. It's going to be made in a lab. It's going to be synthetically compounded together and processed so that you can drop it in water and it dissolves and you can drink it. And I think that's where we got to use common sense without saying, well, where's the art, you know, the argument or the literature around the side effects or what it does. We're, we're going to talk about some of those things. But when you look at it from common sense, if you're looking for actually the best thing you can do for your body, common sense says this probably isn't the best thing for us. In your case, you experience one of those uncommon side effects that they list of muscle cramping and uh and i think that's one of the reasons why it's telling us that the body's going to get disrupted in some way maybe you notice it maybe you don't because you're putting some something synthetic we naturally produce creatine and i think that sometimes works against us when something's naturally produced we think well it's safe to take in synthetic form do you have any other examples of things we take synthetically that seems safe that you would never put in your body? Well, I mean, the list goes on and on. Melatonin is so popular. The body naturally produces melatonin. Where's melatonin come from? It comes from your gut because serotonin 
is the raw material that makes melatonin. So if somebody is having trouble getting to sleep or having problems with their sleep, the first thing we always look at is, you know, understanding the nervous system. But then we move into the gut because if the gut's not healthy, you're not making enough serotonin. The serotonin's the raw material that makes melatonin. So that's a very popular, hey, I'm just going to take melatonin. Well, now we realize that melatonin is almost impossible to titrate. It's, it's the dosage is it's hard to know what's right or wrong. How do you know what? And then you get dependent on it, and the body stops producing it naturally. Yeah. And now you- it, again, back to stat medications that lower cholesterol. Well, they also block CoQ10, which is the one of the most powerful antioxidants for that's the a heart. Great, that's a great uh, connection. It's like melatonin. It's we naturally produce it. Hey, it's one of the, I would say, one of the most readily consumed. And then in, when you look in the pharmaceutical world, you know, here comes the stats for cholesterol. Well, and you're in Canada, you probably. probably prescription you have to take coq10 as a prescription so now most people that are on a statin in the united states don't even know that they're deficient in coq10 because it's blocking it so again it doesn't matter so when we think about creatine i mean what is that what is that doing oh yeah it just sometimes it might cause bloating or it might cause muscle cramping it's doing more than that yeah so let's talk about what creatine is needed it's naturally we naturally produce about one gram of creatine a day via our liver, pancreas, and kidney. But when you take it synthetically, they, on average, let's just say the serving size is five grams. So you're multiplying by five times what we naturally produce. More is better. More isn't always better. We'll, we'll get into that. But you talked about cell volumizing. What is cell volumizing? And, and I'll turn it back to... Well, that's a big reason why you're seeing cramping. So where does the, where does the water come from? So cell volumizing means we're adding water to the cell. Yeah. And so again, back to you're going to have some type of uh, imbalance somewhere. So when you get a muscle cramping, is it your electrolytes now are out of balance? Is it the water out of balance? Well, something's out of balance to cause that severe cramping or the severe bloating. So again, we have to wake up and like, why do we, step one is what does it do and why do we need it? And so why the body's naturally producing it. Well, it's no different than melatonin. Now we're going to start messing with the dose. And now something's going to get sideways. And we haven't even talked about kidney function like glomerular filtration, right? Which that's a huge problem down the road. So well, again, hold, hold tight on that. We'll get into that. So <laughs> it goes crazy. So one of the things I read is creatine, when you take creatine, it reduces the amount of sleep needed. I, really, I read this on, on uh, one of the articles and so I think what ends up happening here is it definitely does have a role in how it communicates at the cell level. It's really trying to create more cellular energy is kind of the marketing term. The way it's doing it is cell volumizing, right? Mm-hmm. But there is a side effect of doing that synthetically, correct? Yes. And one of the side effects you experienced was muscle cramp. The other side effect we hear about is upset stomach, bloating. And then the other thing is dehydration, which goes hand in hand with the muscle cramping. So again, those sound like they're little baby side effects. Yeah, nothing. But if they're if they're upsetting my gut, then everything's in the gut. So now we're looking at you know, dopamine, serotonin, neurotransmitters, melat- you know, all the stuff that comes with the gut. Oh, it's just a little side effect. Well, what's going to happen? A year from an hour, two years from an hour, you know, whatever. You don't know. So, again, some of these young athletes, they don't really – they're not thinking that way. But if I'm coaching, let's just say, 
professional athletes or college athletes or even high school athletes, I'm like, listen, number one, how do we create better performance? Are you, what's your sleep look like? What's your omega-3 fats look like? You know, what's your, how are you eating? That's the big stuff. But we just want to jump right to this. That's why we're having this conversation. So you, you were talking about um, you were listening to a podcast on financial um, success. And what, was, what was the takeaway from that? Well, the financial, the podcast was really, if you want to get rich quick, you do it slowly. And if you want to get healthy quick, you do it slowly. So if you want to get rich quick, you have to do it slowly. You have to do it slowly. If you want to be a millionaire, you want to be a millionaire fast, you need to do it slow. And the same thing with health. If you want to be healthy, you have to do it slow. And again, the point of this is you're building foundational wealth and foundational health. And that doesn't disappear, but you do it, try to do it fast, it disappears. So as we talk about creatine, it's, it's a lot consumed, I would say, f- by males, probably some females, but it has something to do for the most part with sports performance. Or we're starting to see an el- you know, older population, your age, where you don't want to lose the edge. You want to lose the edge. What would you say to that person that says, I'm not worried about five years down the road, 10 years down the road, I got to make my team today, or I want to break that record or get that scholarship. You can see how the psychology of, well, (laughs) get there slow, I don't have time. Well, again, one of the mindsets I had in bodybuilding was that, you know, I felt like I could do it a different way, in a better way, in in a sense, from a health standpoint. So when I first competed, I looked great on stage, but I really wasn't at my peak health. And so I realized very quickly that as I learned more, I thought to myself, how can I go in there and be the best I possibly can be? And again, look great, everything else, but also have my health. And that really struck a nerve to me like, okay, you can do this. And not only did that, I was beating the people that were doing all the other stuff. At one point, though, did it feel like it was harder? I didn't know. Again, part of the journey and all this stuff is that the hardness, uh, which is, makes it interesting. I just felt like there was no other way to do it, but I wanted to do it. I didn't want to feel like at the end I didn't turn every stone over. And so if I was turning every stone over, whether I won or lost or took second or fifth or whatever, it didn't matter because I knew I was putting, I was really focusing on getting good sleep and the eating and all the stuff that went with that. So I think that's what we're losing today. I was listening to Djokovic, you know, and, and Wimbledon, and the guy's 36 years old. I mean, the guy's incredible, and he's playing Alcaraz, which is 20. And you're looking at these guys, and you look at Djokovic, and he's not taking any shortcuts. He's doing everything possible. And I guarantee Djokovic is not doing, you know, other stupid stuff. He's got good coaches because he's not looking at it short-term. He's looking at performance now, but he's also looking at it long-term. And I think that's what's missing out there is like, you know, LeBron James. I mean, look at the guy. The guy's been competing forever. And his number one focus for performance is he focuses on his sleep. Not not trying to, to hack his sleep. So, yeah, when you think about creatine, I think the question that I was asked, it's a hard question to answer the way that everyone wants with give me the five reasons not to do it or the five reasons to do it. And the reality is it's just not it's just not the foundational step. And I think that's what you you really said when before we got on air that really I think the listeners need to hear 
is we need to focus on the big foundations first, way before these next small things. And in the case of creatine, we never would recommend it, but it's a small thing. It's and a, there's, it's and a, yeah, it's a and tiny it, thing. Yeah, and I think that's a good point you're making. I think the big one is, is that let's just look at the big stuff. Are you doing that? And then, and then the small stuff starts coming in. But if you're not sleeping, you're not hydrating, you're not eating right. Real, I mean, are you really eating fruits and vegetables and really high quality fats Well, yeah, fats so let's, and let's stuff? bring it back to these, these kids, these young kids, these young athletes that are on TikTok or, uh, or see the influencer that says, well, there's no side effects. You need to do creatine. And then you ask them a question. Are you having breakfast? No. Are you, do you, when's the last time you had a piece of fruit? I don't. Do you eat vegetables? I don't like them. Are you sleeping? Well, I go to bed at 1230 and wake up whenever. Are you exercising? Yeah, when we have to. So at the end of the day, what ends up being uncovered is you're focused on the little bitty thing first because you don't want to do the big thing that actually is going to matter. Yeah, I mean, if I'm training young athletes, and again, pretty much anybody, but the goal is we're trying to create habits and rituals. And you can repeat this over and over and over. And as you start repeating it, you get better at it. And then you could refine it and get better at it and refine it. And I think that's the that's what I would be teaching a 13-year-old or a 14-year-old or a professional athlete. Like, let's look at your rituals. What are you doing day in and day out? I guarantee if you looked at Alcaraz and Djokovic, they're not the tennis players of 10 years ago because their training is completely different. The way they eat is completely different. They're much quicker. They're much more flexible. And it makes their mind stronger and, and their tougher. mind. It's everything They're again. So that's the, but they're doing the blocking and tackling and they, they have that now they're not only training their body, but they're training their mind. And now that starts to add up over time because again, bottom line at the very beginning is the athletes you're training today. What do they really want? And if you ask them, what do you really want? Many of them don't really know what they want, but they see their friends doing X, Y, Z, and do they have to follow the herd? I think, I think everyone's trying to be better than their peers. And they want a little edge. They want to be on the right team. They want to be successful, win the games. And I think the mistake we make is we don't try to be the best version of ourselves. So we, we compare to others, and then we do what others are doing to right. say, well, we can do that. I think the biggest competitive advantage, because we know this, most people are not in the gym like they should be. They're not eating the foods that they could be, and they're not getting eight hours of quality sleep or rest rejuvenation, mentally and physically, that, that they could have. And so I think that's what I told this group today, these uh, 11, uh, 14 to 16-year-old kids that are probably pretty good in their, their, their sport, that you gotta get 1% better each day. Well, one of the things is, is, you know, again, we talk about, you know, when I wrote this book, I kept thinking sometimes is you said this a lot, especially like in golf, but perfecting the ordinary. Why do we think we have to get some shiny new penny every day? Just really get good at that. And then how do you perfect that? Well, in golf, if, if you have a really good grip, you're probably going to be really good. The last thing people want to dabble with is their grip because it's uncomfortable. Yeah, mom had a golf lesson last week. I don't know if she told you, but, um, you know, Joe worked on changing her grip and put her hands lower because she, she never hits the ground. And she, we played the other, the last, before we came home, 
She goes, my hands are killing me. <laughs> and it, it's new. It's new. Yeah. And it's how she, and I kept her, she was kept looking at the grip. So you're exactly right. Like, let's change the grip. Now, it might be a little uncomfortable at the beginning, but it's no different in your, in your health. It's like, what are you doing in the morning? What's your morning ritual? Matthew Cross used to always talk about the first 15%. If you can get that right, you're probably going to have a pretty good day. And that doesn't start with creatine. Yeah, that, that maybe is the last 1%. But it, we another, another area we talk a lot about, and again, maybe this isn't for the, but we're seeing so much anti-inflammatory medication. You have to say to yourself, there's got to be a side effect of that. And there's a huge side effect of that. Well, I was asking a, a, a friend of mine that's in a golf league of mine, and I, I was asking about his shoulder. Shoulder's fine. He's got a couple tears, going to get through that. But then he went to his knee, and he says his knee's bothering him, probably going to have to have surgery. And this i said well how are you dealing with it and every everybody responds the same way well i just take 800 milligrams of anti-inflammatory yeah it's like when did that become common when did we think that that's going to be and safe and it's no different than creatine you're going to upset the garden of the gut and so when you upset the garden of the gut next thing you know you're depleting selenium and zinc which are precursors for building testosterone you see how that starts to roll you're gonna you're gonna have to work harder the body is naturally going to want to do what it's meant to do if you put it in the right environment. You want to get you want to get your million dollars. You need to do it slow. If you want to get your health, you need to do it slow. You need to build foundations. People don't want to do that, but I would I would put you know compare A to B, and I could take A and you know they could be B, and I guarantee we would beat you. Maybe not right the second, but we would be catching Long you term. and passing you. Yeah, I think that's the way to kind of end this podcast. As we we wanted to get on, it was a it was a relevant question. Uh, if you're on social media or the internet at all, it's going to be the probably one of the most promoted supplements right now is creatine. Male, female, young, old, uh, athletic, non-athletic, all the different benefits. But at the end of the day, before you do anything. Even maybe an anti-inflammatory long-term, you got to ask yourself, are you doing the foundations, the big things first? And one last thing here. So I was playing pickleball, um, I don't know, a week or so ago, and I was up north. And a couple guys found out what, I, we, you know, what we did and blah, blah, blah. And they're you know, my age, maybe a little older. And, they, and two of them asked me, what do you think about creatine? I'm like, oh my gosh, you know, these guys look like they can barely walk. And now they're thinking, and, and again, back to, I want something fast versus doing something slow. I said, hey, are you guys taking any omega-3 fats? They don't even know what they are, but they sure knew what creatine was. They, they, they don't they, know what, no, no one know, they don't nobody know what, knows but they, what creatine but is, but they, but they heard they, about they it. They heard that. Yeah, they heard about it on this podcast. They heard about it in this yeah. and that. And the next thing you know, they're asking those questions. So it's rampant out here, and that's the challenge we face every day is like, why does everybody think they you know, need an energy drink to get through the day? Or why do they think they need to have creatine to have better performance? It never, it never ends, and it's always going to be the shortcut. So again, at the, the end of this podcast, as we wrap up, taking it from uh, the financial literacy, if you want to be healthy and perform at your best as fast as possible, you have to do it slow. You have to do the blocking and tackling. You have to develop the habits. And when you think about that and you really, really think about it, that's how you're going to get the edge because that requires work. And you develop a better process. And, again, I can't say this enough about, like, Djokovic. I mean, the guy's the best tennis player of all time. It's his process. I mean, if you went behind the scenes, you're not doing anything fast. 
he, I mean, they were talking about what makes him unique on grass. It's his footwork. So if you watch his training, he, all he's doing is these short little blocky fast steps. Well, it's not an accident. So this is the thing we're trying to he convey. He didn't just do that the week before Wimbledon. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's going to play on grass. No, he does it all the time. <laughs> so it helps him move better, helps him sit up better, and helps him have better balance when he's hitting a hitting a ground stroke. So the goal in all this stuff is we're trying to get people like where you are today. How do you build another little habit? How do you create a ritual around that habit? And, and we, where do we go? And we understand sometimes it's like, oh no, not the answer of the source. Back to the hard thing. <laughs> Here's the because, pH because the cell. because it does require work. And sometimes it's like overwhelming. It's like all I want to do is get a little bit better so they can do something. We've found that let's just say creatine gives you a one percent. Let's just say best case scenario gives you a 1% uptick. The blocking and tackling of resting, eating, and moving is going to give you a, a bigger uptick than 1%. We're going we're gonna to get that million dollars faster, but we're going to do it slower. So as we try to get healthier as fast as we possibly can or get to where we want to go as fast as we can, we're going to continue to tap into these fundamental habits that I believe as society we've gotten away from and uh, I think it's pretty simple to get back into as we create a mindset of, of feeling And one last thing I'll mention before we wrap up, but again, some of the younger people don't want to hear this, but it really is, it's the, the beauty is always in the climb, it's the journey. And if it's always easy, doesn't mean it's better. And so to me, that's, that's always more satisfactory have more satisfaction when it's a little bit more challenging and it's more of a process and it's the climb. Yeah. And it's, again, I, I've been that 11 year old kid or the 45 year old, uh, mom who's trying to lose weight. It, it can feel overwhelming. Like how do I get there as quick as possible? Cause I have pain or I want to get to an outcome. And, and I think all we would give you is, is hope that the body is pretty amazing. And if you look and say, well, shoot, I, I do have some gaps that I could easily um you know add some new things for example if i'm thinking about doing creatine but i'm not eating breakfast let's flip that around don't think about creatine because the first thing we should do is eat yeah breakfast. let's look at let's look at some of those gaps because we all have them and how do we fill them but i'm not filling it with creatine well if you have any questions want to hear any topics info at ontarioliving.com Rashawn, thanks again for the production and we'll see you again next time